You are listening to Woman Evolve, and I am Sarah Jakes Roberts. If you are enjoying this podcast, I want to encourage you to send me a review on iTunes or SoundCloud and make sure you subscribe. Share today's message. It's one you don't want to miss. God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity, you need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes, I don't need your validation. Hey, what, what? hey, child. You let me on this show. Can you believe it? I can't. <laughs> child, you stomping with the big dogs. Apparently. Are you ready for this? I think so. I think so. Well, think so. if you were tuning in, this is a Woman Evolved podcast, and I am your host, Sarah Jakes Roberts. I also have some co-hosts joining me on Facebook Live, but I have a very, very, very special guest in Trey Roberts. Hey. Author, mm. speaker, well, pastor, oh Lord, lover of my soul. Holla at me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby. Hey, sweetheart. Can you say child for the people? Child. Child. Yes, child. And joining us on Facebook Live, we have Charlene Bell. We have Nicole Daniels. We have Minister Charlene Mullings. Come on. For those of you who may be listening for the first time, the format of this show is that I am generally joined by my co-host via Facebook Live, but I have a very special guest in my husband, Teray Roberts. And so I am excited because who knows what will happen on today's show. Mm. First of all, if you're watching on Facebook Live, my man is in the building. That means that our shenanigans need to be reined in. Okay, come on, somebody. We have to be holy and righteous. Don't mm. let nobody see the general <laughs> ratchet things that we say. Okay, everybody, let's be on the same page. That's funny. Baby, usually I start the show by just like giving a little bit of a rundown about like where I am, how my week has been, mm. and your girl has been sick. I've been fighting a little bug, mm-hmm. um, so I haven't been working out. And But luckily, my appetite has also been slowed down, because God is good in that way. Yeah, but you look good. I told you that earlier today. You look great. Well, thank you, baby. Mm-hmm. How have you been doing? What's up with you this week? Ugh. Yo, my book. Yes, Wholeness. Wholeness launched today. Yes. And I uh, got some good news a little while ago. It's number one uh, in self-help, self-esteem on Amazon, so... I'm hustling, grinding. Yes. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Are you vegan? Are you not vegan? Are you? Oh, I'm I'm everything. You're everything. I'm everything. I'm I'm whatever is in front of me that looks tasty. <laughs> yes. We call that seafood. Mm. We on a seafood diet. If we see it and we want to eat it, we holla at it. Yes. I've got Cheryl Julius joining me from Cape Town, South Africa. I've got Dre Barkley shouting out PT and Sarah. Baby, I've got some exciting things that we are going to cover today. So you know Rescue Eve, right? Me, yeah. No, I, I listen to the podcast. Chow, what is Rescue Eve? Rescue Eve is when there is somebody and they do something and it's crazy usually, typically crazy, but you try to look at it from a different angle. Right, and we try to give them a little bit of a pass. A little grace. You know what? I was happy this week because people were out here giving us something to work with. I didn't see that many Rescue Eves. I do have a few, Okay. But the whole point of Rescue Eve is you got to, like, stretch your mind, right? Okay? Sometimes people are often out here with shenanigans that are just inexcusable. Like, okay. like who? Like, like, like who? Like, for example? Uh, like, Rachel Dolezal was a stretch for us. Mm. I almost lost my black card trying to help <laughs> Rachel Dolezal out. But, you know, I was just trying to stretch our mind. Mm. You know, it's about being empathetic. It's about showing grace. The same way he showed grace to us. Wow. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Did yeah. you hear that word? Yeah. It was a word. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so our Rescue Eve, we're starting off with Justin Timberlake for the Super Bowl. Did you watch the Super Bowl performance? Amazing. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. He did his thing. But when I logged onto social media, I saw that Justin was in a little bit of trouble. Mm. Did you hear about this? 
Uh, I got a little wind of it. They were upset. Why were the people so upset? Well, the Saints were upset because he had Prince drop down, uh, like an image of Prince performing drop down on the little sheet thing. Do you think it was a sheet? It was a California king-size sheet that mm-hmm. they dropped from the middle of the stadium. And the Saints were upset. They said that he needs to leave Prince alone. Mm. So can you tell me, like... Well, I think that, you know, because we're rescuing him, right? Are we? Yes, I would like to rescue him. I thought he did a great job. Okay, I know we were having a difficult time forgiving him after the Janet Jackson thing because Janet got in trouble and he didn't get in trouble. So we almost boycotted the performance altogether. Mm-hmm. But when I was sitting there watching the performance, I was like, the boy Justin has hits, okay? Hits. Hits. After hits. And then when I saw Prince, I knew that we was going to struggle with that. <laughs> I think, okay, I think that he was trying to honor Prince. He, you know, that we're in Prince's hometown. You know, we miss Prince. They lit up the whole, you know, area purple. You know, he did his thing. And and I think that he, he just honored. I thought it was honorable. Latrice said that he did a mediocre job. Well, I mean, the man is, you know, he's not 25 anymore either. Yeah, he right. was dancing better than I could. I'm, yes, you know, but he's still not, you know, he's not 25. So it's not going to be. You know, you know what, though? I thought like he's in Minneapolis, which is Prince's hometown, performing the Super Bowl. Like, I think that there was something to him just taking a minute to say, you know what? This is his city. Mm. The music that came out of here changed the world. And so though he did not like I guess he didn't have the family's permission or something. Oh, yeah. Did you see Sinbad? Sinbad tried to drag the man. Sinbad went completely off. I didn't. Sinbad and Prince must have been friends. They must have been tight because he took it very he, personally. Sinbad was not playing. Sinbad was a Christian, but that, that what he went the way he went for Justin. Uh, did, 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 yeah. did we need to rescue. Do we need to rescue Sinbad? <laughs> Sinbad. Listen, we understand because Prince's music is untouchable, but come on, somebody. Kimberly Schuler said she will rescue him all day long. I think that <laughs> Justin has ministered to her in ways. In some way, right? <laughs> <laughs> Joyce agrees with us. She said it was only right because they were in Minneapolis. I told Minnesota, I totally agree. Uh, Millicent Woodley said he looked like he had arthritis. Oh. That's not right. Oh. Yeah, I mean, uh, I tell you what, I would have been out of breath. Yeah, he did his thing. I mean, you know, he 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 wasn't all the way loose. You didn't think he was limber? Uh, I mean, he was limber for thirty eight, but but you know, um, I'll give him grace. Look, I, I'm not as limber as I used to be either. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I know how to get loose, but I'm not. You know, all right, so child. I'm not G-G-G. judging. I'm not judging. Okay. Yeah, Serena said he seemed a bit tired, but the hits kept coming. I forgot until he was up there how much he was actually, like, getting... Like, his music was a hit. Like, him and Timberland, they had a season. They had a moment. So I think he was trying to honor him. I think that we should submit to the Woman Evolved delegation that we rescue Adam, okay? (laughs) His honorary rescue Adam to Justin Timberlake for the Super Bowl. There was someone else at the Super Bowl, babe. I don't know if you caught this. <laughs> yes, I did catch it. <laughs> Kevin Hart, ladies and gentlemen. Hmm. Kevin Hart was having the time of his life hmm. at the Super Bowl. Does it, did anyone else see that Kevin Hart was having the time of his life. Every time I logged onto Instagram, there were videos and pictures of him just like dancing, of him just living his best life. And people were like, you know what? Kevin needs to calm down. It's not that serious. But you know what? I think we should rescue Kevin. Yeah. I mean, he's excited. You know, his city is winning. He's from Philly. He's winning. He's uh, child. He's winning. It's a, I have a word. Come on. I have a download. Because when you think you was going to lose, because it was a season, and I don't know if y'all remember mm. when TMZ was out here snitching on the boy Kevin Hart, okay? <laughs> but what I'm saying is there was a season where he thought he was going to lose it all. Yeah. Oh, but God came through. Yes, he did. He kept his wife, mm. he has his family, and his team went to the Super Bowl. My he my. had joy. My, my. Can we rescue The joy him? of the Lord, he <laughs> the did. The joy of the Lord was, was his, his strength. strength. <laughs> I want to know, can we rescue Kevin Hart? Ladies and gentlemen, of the Woman Evolved delegation. Kevin Hart had thought he was in the team. He did. Listen, <laughs> Kevin Hart said, I'm not suited up right now, but I promise you I am an eagle and I am flying high. Well, he tried to fly high. He did. Did you? They tried to keep him off the stage. They tried to keep him off the stage. I, I think sometimes you get caught up in the moment and you forget that that, that <laughs> their boundaries, their limits. To this Even thing. for you. Even 
for you. Is that another word? I think it might be. It could possibly be another word. <laughs> Kevin Hart was drunk with the spirit. I don't know. It was the spirit of something. <laughs> April said, April Marie said, rescue Kevin, please. He is proud of our city. Congratulations, April. Mm-hmm. That was a good game, too. Incredible game. Yeah. They were giving God glory at the end to yes, everybody. Yes, that's one of my hell Josephs was, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the coach for Philadelphia Eagles. Because mm-hmm. he did not just say giving glory to God, which is fine. You know, that's it. He said, my Lord and Savior, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. You yeah. know you real about it when you say my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, that was second only to, first of all, giving honor to God. Who was the Who head, was of, the head mm-hmm. of my life. And mm-hmm. then they said like he was a high school coach nine, nine years, years ago. That's, that's dope. He's a message within himself. What a trajectory. Let's see what Facebook Live is saying about Kevin Hart. Carmen Edwards says, Kevin Hart, OMG, he was a bit much. He was. He was. We need to rescue him and just remind him, it's all right. Mm -hmm. You know, sit down. You know, we happy for you. We happy for Philly. You know, but we just, come on now. We're trying to rescue him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's done very well. Yeah. We're proud of him. Like you said, he kept his family together. You know, he's, his life is, you know, we haven't seen anything crazy. You know, movies are doing well. And uh, and, and we love him. Got a little yeah. excited. We all get a little excited every once in a while. Right? Yeah, child. He just had to simmer down. They helped him to simmer down. <laughs> they helped him. <laughs> that, that big old security guard was like, listen, not I don't today, care. Devil. I don't care. It's not really my thing. Your movies, it's not really. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so we have rescued Justin Timberlake. And we also rescued Kevin Hart. And that was all fun and games, but I think this next one is really, really, really going to be a stretch. It was a stretch for me. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure that I can rescue this person, but I just want to submit it for the Woman Evolved delegation. Mm. Okay, I've tried to do this before, and I wasn't always successful, i.e. Amorosa, i.e. Rachel Dolezal. But, you know, we just have to remember that God showed us grace, Mm. and we're trying to show grace to other people so that the world can become a better place. Okay? I'm trying to preface that before I introduce the next. <laughs> Should we sing the song first? Just uh, Kumbaya. Yes. What you first. want to sing, baby? Something like that. I got you. Know, you know that song, I need you. We we need each other to survive. You need that thing. <laughs> yeah. Hezekiah Walker. Yes. I need you. Yes. You need Right. Me. We're the all a part of God's, God's fi- body. Child. Uh, We're... Mm. Agree with what? Agree with me? No, no, God's yeah, body. Praise God. All right, praise all right. Moving on, moving on. Yeah, Listen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay, Serena wants to know who is it? Okay, Patricia, Patricia Cummings. Are you all aware of? Hey, babe, did you hear about Patricia Cummings? I did hear about Patricia Cummings. Okay, so okay, so I'm not sure. I'm not. I want to preface this because when y'all be in my DMs and on Twitter trying to get me, okay, that that's when I be struggling. So th- what I'm saying is this. I don't know how we're going to rescue her. I just think that we should consider ways that we can rescue Patricia Cummings, okay? Because there's a big disconnect here. Patricia Cummings, for those of you all who don't know, is a history teacher, who during a lesson about slavery singled out Black students to teach about slavery. And in an effort to demonstrate how cruel slavery was, she had the Black students. I can't even. Mm, mm, I can't mm. even. She had the Black students get on the floor. And then when one of the students said that it wasn't that bad, she then put her back, her foot on the back of that student. Uh, I mean... Can you imagine... If one of the kids came home and said that happened. Oh, Jesus. Can you imagine it? Tuh. I I don't know. I don't know. But yet we keep on ending up in these situations where there is a racial insensitivity. There's a racial divide that keeps happening in this country. And I cannot, like, I want to try to rescue her. I want to try to bring her into the light and help her understand what's problematic about what she did and what, you know, maybe ignorance on her part. Like, mm-hmm. how can we continue to end up in these situations, I don't know. But I mean, babe, like, what do you think? Like, is she rescuable? Like, well, I think ultimately, 
everybody in some way is rescuable to a certain degree. I think that she is um, kind of typical to some people who don't realize how bad it is and the fact that Black people and other groups that have been marginalized are still wounded uh, from the things that have happened in the past. It's like it's like getting justice is one thing, and we're still working on that. But getting healed from the trauma of years of injustice is a completely different thing. So we are sensitive. You know, you hear it often said, you know, that was so long ago. Get over it. But but the reality of it is, if you went into a counseling session and sat somebody down, the therapist wouldn't say, just get over it. He or she would want to unpack some of that pain and help them to process and move on. So I think... You know, it's a shame, to be honest with you. I, I, I want to believe that she was not just uh, just altogether stupid, <laughs> you know, if I can say that. Uh, I just think she, she she just, I don't think that some people realize how bad it really was and how that pain is still present. How do you, like, because we are in this society and culture where we're constantly trying to defend our right to be broken. To your point about wholeness, well, how do you become whole when at first there has not been an acknowledgement of the brokenness? And I think that like part of rescuing Patricia Cummings and people like her who continue to end up in these situations where you know the Black experience is marginalized to something so trivial, like how do we get to a place where we can get acknowledgement? Do we even need acknowledgement from, you know, white culture, white society to validate our pain before we can move to wholeness? Um, I personally don't think that we need acknowledgement. I don't think that wholeness should ever be dependent upon somebody else, but it would sure help and make a big difference. When when we're crying out and we feel like we we haven't been heard, and in some cases, we, we don't even know how to process it all, uh, and acknowledgement Sometimes I'm sorry goes a long way in a real I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, to really identify with with the pain that that uh, that people that you know, your ancestors, you know, not all white people of course not, but but there's just something powerful about identifying with people's struggle coming across the aisle, but I don't think that to answer your question, um I think that we have to acknowledge our pain first. We've been so busy fighting for justice that we haven't assessed the damage mm. that the injustice caused. And um, and so I believe that there's a whole nother wave of wholeness that's coming to not just African-Americans and Africans, but marginalized people from every nation. Um, we we got to be able to say, ouch, uh, and then undergo a process of getting healed so that we don't squander the fruits of the justice that comes. I can't remember whether or not, I think the teacher was actually fired, but then she was reassigned to another position. So just so we're clear, Facebook Live is absolutely not here for the rescuing. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally understand this. Is some people only Jesus can do. Mm. You know, McFrugal said, pray for her, go to the prayer closet so we don't act on the anger. That's so true. Mm. Uh, Kamor said, but maturity is supposed to come with growth and forgiveness. Why do people still hold on to negative things for so long? Let's see. I'm trying to continue just getting these comments. Keisha said, absolutely not. Please don't save her unacceptable. I, t- I mean, listen, Keisha, we on the same page about that. It's totally unacceptable. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, like, how do we keep these things from happening? Like, this is a platform where we reach all different types of people. What can we do to help someone who may not be familiar with the, the pain of injustice that exists within the Black community that we can help, that we can say to help educate them on how to avoid ending up in situations like this? I think we have to be quick or slow, less quick, slower to judge a person's intention. I completely agree that the actions were unacceptable and absolutely inexcusable. But there's a difference between the action and what the other person intended. You you know what I'm trying to say? And so I, I don't think that if you I think we have to be careful about judging a person's and some people just stupid. Yeah. I just hate to say it, but some people just insensitive, so insensitive that it is just stupid, you know, and um, and then you have others who are not and they're flat out racist. How do you know the difference, you know, if you don't know the heart? So I think that, you know, for us, you know, we're talking about this and obviously, you know, it, it is emotional 
But we got to make sure that we don't get so snared in emotions that we become angry and and ultimately uh, be so angry that we aren't clear enough to come to the table with solutions that can bring about change. Yeah. Man, Patricia really messed up. <laughs> Giselle Phillips is on Team No Rescue. <laughs> Meg says, I'm part of white culture, and I can say my culture just doesn't get it for the most part. But some of us are listening and trying to understand. Thank you, Meg. I think that really goes a long way. I do think that like white culture, white people have to be willing to listen to the Black experience. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think dad said this on CNN. It's not like we all got together in a room and decided that this was going to be the story we told about our black experience. If you have people from Oprah to just Joe Brown from around the corner who were all saying the same thing about the injustices that exist within our communities and culture, then you have to be willing to take a minute and sit down and say, wait a minute, like what is happening here that we are blind to? And maybe that would help Patricia Cummings. I don't know. I hope she don't, her job, child, I don't know about it. Because I do think that there's something about people who lack um, sensitivity being in positions where they're affecting public minds and and people. You know what I'm saying? Because that's law enforcement, that's teachers. If you're in a position where you are going to be engaging with people with different lifestyles than you, then there must be some type of policy, mandate, curriculum that forces you to understand the sensitivities of different cultures. Absolutely. Maybe that's... That's what the answer is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So Shanita said, unacceptable demonstration. I totally, totally agree. Clove said, love Patricia by providing a prayer ministry that that spirit. Do not reassign her in a teaching position. Yeah. Totally agree. So we're about 50-50 on how we can save her versus just seeing what the sharks say. Somebody said, let the sharks save her. Somebody said, let's see what the sharks say. Um, Yeah, Lori Brewster said it was not a healthy delivery. And Faye said, we won't rationalize ignorance, though. She got to go. You know what would have been powerful? Watch out. What would have been powerful, even to the cause of helping our um, non-Black brothers and sisters understand, is to have the white students in the class. (gasps) Yes. Because that would help them to be, you feel me? Patricia, is you listening? Is you listening, Is you listening, girl? Next time, let the white kids get on the ground. Put your foot on their back and let them experience how it feels. Absolutely. And now you're part of the solution, helping us to be empathetic towards the pain of other people, et cetera. That's what she, maybe she just got her, maybe she got her, maybe she got confused. Maybe she meant to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to rescue I'm trying to rescue I appreciate that, baby. I appreciate it. We going, all right, we going. That's enough. All right. She ain't get she ain't get confused now, child, because she she did it in like four different classrooms that day. That's crazy. That's crazy. We sound all good in pastoral right now, but let one of them kids come home and tell us that they was on the ground. Bruh. Tuh. Bruh. <laughs> I would go up to the school with my rollers and my hair scarf <laughs> talking about, oh, you want to know about the black experience? <laughs> she just arrived. <laughs> Let's see what Facebook is saying before we move on to our Hail Marys. Nicole said, nope, I think she needs to lose her job to learn a lesson. I agree. Uh, Jay-Z had an interesting statement about like um, Sterling, the Clippers coach Mm. who lost his team, how maybe he shouldn't have lost his team. Instead, there should have been some type of like teaching and how sometimes people losing their jobs doesn't always cure the problem. It just makes it go undercover. Mm. That's what Brother Jay-Z said. I don't know how we feel about it. Mm-hmm. Rhonda said, teaching is a ministry. It's a calling, not a job. Be careful. Yeah. Yeah, but you, but we have to... I know we got to move on, baby. Mm-hmm. I, but I, the, we can't just be mad at each other on opposite sides of issues, uh, throwing our perspectives. At some point, we've got to come to the table with the right attitude because at the end of the day... The win is not being right. The win is progress. Mm. And sometimes mm. we're over on each side and I'm right and I'm right. And, that, that you know, whatever. Maybe we both are right a little bit, but we have to get to a place where we really want to see people come together and move forward. And what does that look like? It, 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 it looks like listening. I think you mentioned it earlier. We got to yeah. listen and yeah. we have to listen to each other. 
Yeah. We have to listen to each other. The other, well, to your point, I think we're so consumed with being right that the idea of listening makes us feel like we are betraying our stance. Now you're talking. Yeah. Yeah. But she needs to keep her feet off kids' backs. Child, yes, she does. That's what she needs to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think what you said about the the white kids on the ground would be cool. Oh, my God. I mean, not like cool. Maybe we can create that. Child, you ain't finna have us on the shade room. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go out and create child, this afternoon. Child, they, you know they've been there and put us in the jail house putting our feet on the white kids' back. You ain't finna have me in jail. We got too many kids. I got jobs. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. So that was Rescue Eve. Let's see. Let's recap. So we saved Justin Timberlake because he was just trying to show honor to Prince. Mm-hmm. He was just trying to do a little purple rain. Yeah. He didn't know that he was going to be in trouble. Uh, we rescued Kevin Hart, who was just glad mm-hmm. to have his life, okay? His team is winning, okay? <laughs> did we rescue Patricia or did we just kind of like... I think she's still out there waiting <laughs> in the water. <laughs> what we did, we threw her a life raft, but we didn't exactly pull no, it in. No, no, no. Okay. And I think the air is, is seeping out of the- <laughs> We gave her a life raft with a little hole in it, but said, plug the hole, breathe in, and see what the Lord can do. We can't save everybody here, but we tried. And that's all that matters is that we tried. Amen? Okay, so moving on, baby, we've got Hail Mary. Do you know, you listen to the podcast. Can you tell mm-hmm. the saints what Hail Mary is? So, so Hail Mary is someone who has just done something wonderful, and we just want to honor it, bring it to the forefront, right? Yes. All right. Okay, you're going to love my first Hail Mary. It is Randall Margraves. Do you know who that is? I do not. Okay, Randall Margraves is the father who, at the sentencing of Larry Nasser, the the coach who, mm-hmm. um, you know, was just convicted to just lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes mm-hmm. of prison for molesting and abusing his um, those little girls. Mm-hmm. But did you see what the father did? Mm-mm. So the father's sitting in court, and before they're there at the sentencing, and he asked the judge for five minutes alone in the room with Larry. Ah, hallelujah. And the judge was like, absolutely not. We can't do that. <laughs> and he was like, okay, one minute. Right. It don't take long. It don't take long. And, he, and the judge was like, absolutely not. We can't do that. That's not how our legal system is. And my boy Randall took off and charged at her, at, the, at Larry. Fair enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You you killed. I mean, you molested my baby. Yeah, I think we have to give him a hail Joseph. Mm-hmm. You know because hmm. what? Oh Lord, what? Go ahead. No, no, I know no, you. No. I, I'm a father, so I'm not. I, I don't have. No, you Can know. we give him a half hell? Because I know you about to like violent. You about to MLK me. I mean, like, like, did he get arrested? Um, they they put pinned him down to the ground, but he didn't get arrested. Yeah. Um, no. Hail Mary. A hell Joseph. A hell Joseph. I was here for it. Put, put it. I mean, I, I can appreciate it, but let's put it out there to 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 the to the uh, Facebook. Facebook Live. Yeah. Can we give him? Uh, Charlene says, "Hail Randall." Carla said, "Yes." A real father's reaction. Latricia said, "Fair enough." You got to remember, my audience is petty. We not wholeness. That's why we got you on the show. <laughs> we not wholeness. Come on, hit us with some wholeness. Tell us. Come on now. Three of his daughters. Mm. Three. Oof. They were three of his ch- ch- really? Yes. And the guy got all three? Yes. He wouldn't have made it to court. <clears throat> Do you hear me? He wouldn't have made it he to took court. A, he took off. Chat. Okay, but go and hit me with some wholeness. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I get it. What what father would be able to contain themselves? I mean, let me I mean the highest version of us, let's keep it 100, because we look at Jesus, right? Yeah. Jesus was being beaten and you know spit upon betrayed all that kind of stuff you know and he said things like father forgive them for they know not what they do uh, so we know that that's the highest thought that's the highest version of us i don't know i i, I can't i can't judge this man because uh i think i would be a hypocrite if i did yeah it would be very very difficult i get upset when people say the wrong thing to my kids yeah uh, let alone uh abuse them yeah, I don't know if he would have made it to court, to be honest with you. But I'm not saying that that's the way to go. Right. You know, if you can find it in your heart and in your spirit, turn to the cheek by the power of the spirit of God, go for it. That's that's the route. But um, I don't know, man. I love my kids. I love, 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 love my kids, all my babies. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I can give them a hell, Joseph, but I can definitely say I understand 
no judgment here. Carla said he had to listen to his daughter's testimonies as well. So just imagine them reliving it. Yeah. I don't know. I think that like, I think that in a culture and society where we don't always see like a father's, you know, protective nature over his children. I think to see that was just something that, you know what I mean? Like I realized, you know, like violence is not always the answers, you know, or whatever. (laughs) But I do think that there was something to him saying, you know what? Like I couldn't protect my daughters in the moment, but I would do anything to take. I mean, it was, it was, I had to give him a little love. No judgment, no judgment at all. I celebrate him. Like I said, I love my kids. And if anybody did something, I I don't know, I, I would, I would be a different person. I ain't gonna lie. LaShawn said, our job is to protect our kids. He did what any parent would do, if not worse. Yeah. Latricia Evans says, I would have helped my husband get to him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. So that was our Hail Joseph. We totally understand where he was coming from. Mm -hmm. Our second Hail Mary. I love, 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 love this story. Okay, so this Hail Mary is Lauren Williams. Lauren Williams is a student at Franklin High School. And last week, a video surfaced of bullies um, pulling her wig off. I guess she has this hair condition. And as a part of her hair condition, she's got some, you know, damage or difficulty growing her hair. And as a dare, these guys at her school tried to rip her wig off. And in the process, of course, she was upset. She went to the bathroom crying. They videotaped the whole thing. And right when like, you know, as a mom or as a father, you would be like, you know what, I'm going up to the school. I'm going to show out. I'm going to, you know, make sure that these guys get suspended or expelled. And I do think that there was punishment attached. Lauren, meanwhile, decides to shave off her head and just embrace her Mm. hair and not be controlled by this idea of being embarrassed or having shame. And I just felt like that was so dope. That's powerful. Did you see the video? I saw I saw what they did, and that's where I would have been like the guy we talked about just a second ago. But but to take that offense and to take that attempt to ridicule and scar her for life and turn it around into a power statement, yeah, powerful. First of all, women and their hair, and you know, we you and I actually just had a conversation about women and their child. Mm. This okay, so in wholeness, you talked about having a cracked mirror, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that women's sensitivity about their hair and you know what's beautiful and what's not has a lot to do with us perhaps having a cracked mirror? Yeah, I mean the, the whole concept of a cracked mirror is basically um all of us have an inner mirror, all of us have a storyteller that communicates to us uh the value of ourselves, uh the world around us, etc. And sometimes that mirror gets cracked by experiences. If you were a young girl and uh, and you were called ugly or you you something negative was said about you at a young age, that distorts your mirror because now when you look at yourself or when you consider yourself, you have insecurities because that mirror has been cracked and now it's projecting back an image towards you. You know, as it relates to to hair uh, and anything, yeah, you you can definitely you know uh, trace back some of our insecurities about ourselves. Um, about anything, about our smarts to to somebody saying something that threw a little pebble at our mirror and now everything is distorted. And, and so our reality is distorted and it hinders us. And I think that that could play into uh, women not thinking they're beautiful or believing that they need a certain type of hair, et cetera. Absolutely. I wonder, like, so obviously I know, like, you're a man, and so I will add my perspective as well. But, like, in a culture and society and media that often glorifies one definition of beauty, Mm. how do you maintain inner wholeness? How do you maintain that, you know, perfected mirror in a culture and society that doesn't always say that, you know, dark skin is beautiful or kinky curly hair is beautiful Mm -hmm. or red hair is beautiful, freckles are beautiful? How do you maintain wholeness in that type? of society? Well, you know, I say it often and I talk about it in the book. The most important story is the story you tell yourself. Mm. Uh, It's not what other people say about you. It's what you say about you that matters the most. And so we have to come to a place to where we have defined what is true about me. Okay. If this is the way God made me, then I truly have to believe that I am fearfully and wonderfully made in spite of the you know, the four or five looks that popular culture projects back to you and says, these are the looks. You know, it's not about us trying to look 
like somebody else. It's about finding the beauty that God has already uh, invested and, and, and instilled in us. And so I think it's really about your storyteller. What are you saying to yourself? I don't care what you say about me. That doesn't matter, you know, unless I allow what you say about me to yeah. affect what I say about yeah. myself. The most important story is the story you tell yourself. I think that that's what I love so much about Lauren Williams' story is because she had one story, right? And one story was like, you know, maybe I need to wear these wigs because of my hair condition and I'm afraid of what other people will think about me. And so she had this story. And I think that the moment she shaved her head off, that she embraced herself in a way that said, this is who I am. I'm beautiful, whether I have a wig on or don't have a wig on, whether you snatch it off and try to embarrass me or not, that doesn't change my dignity. That doesn't change my respect. And that's why she is my helmet because my girl decided that she stood up for herself in a way that a lot of women struggle to by just embracing who you are. She took control, she took control of the story. Yeah. They, they tried to, to change the narrative. Yeah. And she, rebu- she I rebuked that in Jesus' name, yeah. right? Yeah. So, okay, this happened and I've been exposed, but guess what? Oh, I'm beautiful like this. It was powerful. Again, like you said, she took control of the story. And I think that all of us have to learn how to take control of our life story so that we won't be walking around subject to what other people say as opposed to what we're telling ourselves. Child, when we say something that's powerful around here, we say it's a word. Hallelujah. It's a word. Take control of your own story. Be like Lauren Williams, whether you have a hair condition or an emotional condition that makes you feel like you're not good enough, like you're not powerful enough. You have an opportunity to be your own Hail Mary when you take control of your story. Do you talk about that? Like in wholeness, how do you practically take control of your story? How do you change the narrative that you've been telling yourself for years? Well, first of all, you have to be self-aware. A lot of people don't realize that their storyteller is unhealthy. It's just who they are. It's a part of the negative people usually won't walk around saying I'm negative. It's just how they are and how they perceive. And so the first step is to be self-aware. Okay, what what I, I'm looking at the outcomes of my life, but I need to discover what the patterns are that are creating that outcome. And so in the book, I talk about being traceable, right? Because mm. t- oftentimes we just look at reactions. We look at the fruit. I'm the type of person, I don't look at the fruit. The fruit is just indicative of the process. And so so I think that, you know, if it's an insecurity, you got to stop and say, okay, I'm feeling this way. Every feeling is connected to a thought. So what thought am I thinking? What thought have I received in my spirit that's making me feel insecure? And once I identify that thought, I can uproot that thought, put a healthy thought there. This is who God says I am. You know, this is who I know I am. And so what you do, it's a process of you being aware of what you're thinking, because that's determining what you're feeling and what Mm -hmm. you do, right? Understanding your patterns, why you do things, asking the question why and drilling down. Continue to ask why. Don't just look at what you do. Look at why you do it. Become traceable self-aware, and I believe you can begin to employ healthy thoughts, healthy patterns, and you'll start getting healthy results. I love that because in the case of Lauren, she's never going to be controlled by her hair again because she's going to always remember when she thought that she was her in her most embarrassed moment by that wig being pulled off and how she decided to flip the script on insecurity. It's a word. It's a word. It's a word. Sometimes you have to flip the script on insecurity and change the narrative into something that you own and are empowered by. I love it. I love it. Deshaun Gill said, and she is beautiful. They can't beautiful. pull a trigger if you don't give them the gun. Come on, somebody. It's a word, Deshaun. Yeah. Let's see. Jacqueline said, we are found in Christ, not between our head and feet. Renisha said, yes, so true. It's a word. <laughs> Tia's got her finger up in the air because that's how we catch the word. <laughs> we have to see, is it in the air? Mm. I caught it. I caught uh, the word. Kimiko said, yes, rebuke and authority. Mm-hmm. I totally, totally agree. Ray Bryant says the chapter, Inner Security from Wholeness Book, tore my mind wide open. Wow. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. Were you expecting to do that? No. You should have been, though. Mm. When you write a book like Wholeness, you have to be prepared to tear somebody's mind <laughs> wide open. Like, yeah. because you're basically making someone re-take, re-examine their entire life. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you bring the right type of mentality to the book where you mm. say, I want to put everything un- in my life under a telescope, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll see what happens. You know, we'll dissect what's healthy, what's not healthy and how I can change and evolve. That's tearing somebody's mind open, child. Well, that that's why I wrote it, because, you know, I know that there are people that people don't have any problem with desiring to succeed, desiring to do well desiring to be all that God has called them to be. But what do you do when you have invisible self-sabotaging things in your life that when you take one step forward, they pull you two steps backwards? This is about exposing those things, helping people to identify and overcome these things so that they can truly walk out the purpose and the destiny God has for them. Yeah. Let's see. Maureen said, yes, flip that script. And... Tanya said, word, it's a word. <laughs> Everybody's got <laughs> what I do to hand up the finger. Yeah. Put your finger in the air. Ah. Yes. Ah. Fee Frazier said, I love y'all together. You make a power couple. Mm-hmm. I'm buying the book today. Wow. Fee, it's gonna change your life. You gotta come back on next week and tell me how the book changed mm-hmm. your life. Okay, so that was our Rescue Eve and Hail Mary segment. We decided to give Randall Margraves and Lauren Williams Hail Mary slash Hail Joseph mm-hmm. for this week. Now, babe, each week I take a couple of mentorship questions. Mm-hmm. And the mentorship questions have been sent to me because the saints slid in the girls' DMs. <laughs> And when they slide in my DMs, they usually have a question that they would like our insight and advice on. And so along with my Facebook Live audience, and today you, we're going to help some of the saints out. Okay? Wonderful. Okay, so our first question says, Sarah, I believe I have a calling on my life. I believe I truly trust God. However, as a child, I did not have a father. And because of that, searching for intimacy with God has been a hindrance for lack of better terms. Again, I believe God loves me, but without love as a child, my father was not married to my mom. He was married to his present day wife. I would like to know how this has affected my perspective and my surrender. God is not finished. I know why I am having, God is not finished. I know. Why am I having difficulty turning to the only one who has cared for me in all my life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, First of all, thank you for being honest, and it and it is evident that you are truly embracing being self-aware. Um, the challenge oftentimes as it relates to being vulnerable with God is that we charge God with the offenses of the first authority figures in our lives. Mm. You know, uh, God is called a father, and, and our first, truth of the matter is, our first quote-unquote God is our parents or whoever our authority figures are. And uh, and when we don't receive love from our parents, that uh, particularly the father, uh, it, it creates a, a stumbling block. But you know what I would say to you is something that God told Abraham in Genesis 12. As he was thrusting Abraham into his destiny, he said, I need you to leave your father's house and go to a land that I will show you. Uh, It is difficult. Uh, At the end of the day, what you're saying is that you're having a difficult time trusting God. And I understand that. Uh, It's a leap of faith. And I think that if you would really recognize God's relentless love for you, uh, this love has nothing to do with, with what you've done, where you've been. It is solely based on you. That's it. God just loves you. Uh, And you begin to open up to him. I believe that he's going to show you that what you lacked in affection and love from your natural father, your heavenly father is going to bring into your life. Um, It's a process and and you're going to have to trust. Um, Your question is layered. There's a lot to it. Uh, I think that you're sensing a bit of rejection because your father married, uh, he didn't marry your mom. He married the, the the wife. And what does that say about you? It's kind of, you know, we can internalize that. You feel like you are uh, almost like the step or forgotten about. But I really believe that your step forward uh, is, is going to be in the arms of God to trust him and to know that when your father may have been rejecting you, he was always loving you. You know, I mean, I can tell you stories. I remember, you know, I used to get 
uh, jealous of my friends because their fathers would be in their life and my my dad wasn't necessarily. And uh, and I remember one day when I was complaining to God and I just said, God, how come you didn't let my life be like like his? He had his father. And God spoke back to me and said, didn't you realize I was your father all along? Mm. You know, sometimes God will keep you away from a certain father so that you don't have to unlearn things in the future. So I would just say to you, um, you know, be, be encouraged. God, God's going to heal you. I think wholeness, quite frankly, you know, I talk about my difficult relationship with, uh, with my father. I think you ought to get your hands on this book uh, and really, really endure the process of trusting God. And you're going to find love that will show you that you don't always get to choose where you get it from, but God will make certain that you have all the love you need for your journey. Tommy Stack says, that's good, PT. And Zakia said, that's a word. I see a lot of people with their finger up in the air, which means that you said something, child. Oh, praise the Lord. You said something. Okay, so in addition to that, I also got a question that I think is going to be really cool and key to wholeness. And that is from one of my girls. And she said, so I was up for an award that I did not win at work. The other person was deserving, but I thought I would get it. What do you tell yourself that helps you bounce back? You want me to take that? Yeah, child. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that that it's always challenge challenging when you when you want something and you see somebody else uh, get the thing that you want. And one of the things that happens when you get whole is that you become generous. Uh, mm. th- there's a quote from the book, and the, and that quote says. I can't expect to receive in my own life what I am unwilling to celebrate in the life of somebody else. Oh, child. Do I need to say it again? Can you say that one more time? I can't expect to receive in my own life what I am unwilling to celebrate in the life of somebody else. See, what happens is we think that God runs short of blessings. We think that God, if he blesses this person, that means that he took something away from me to bless them. But sometimes God will bless somebody in front of you to see how you respond. Because how can I curse what I want simply because it's on somebody else? Wow. And so so wholeness makes you generous. You smile. You cheer. When you see somebody winning, you cheer them on. Because if God did it for them, if you see it right, he'll do it for you too. Wow. Perrin George says, it was hard for me to accept the concept of wholeness. I want to be whole and has it has affected my marriage. Past hurts, mistakes, and regrets are some things that I'm trying to get over. How do you know when you are whole? Well, wholeness is a journey. It is a journey. You know, there's a passage, Philippians 1 and 6, he who has begun a good work in me will completed until the day of Jesus Christ. That's an interesting word that was translated complete because it it has two ideas. One, that it is done while it's being done. Mm. And so wholeness happens at plateaus. It happens in stages and phases. You can be whole in one area and not whole in another area. Um, You you mentioned your marriage and I've got a couple. Remember I showed you that baby? There's a a couple who uh, they actually were on the brink of divorce. And and they they were one of the launch members. And they oh got a, yeah, yeah, remember yeah. that? Uh-huh. And they got a copy of the book because they realized what was hindering their marriage was brokenness that that uh, that oftentimes that in their case happened even before their marriage that was hindering them. And so so wholeness is real, you know. Uh, if if you know, I think that you know you have to be whole individually as well, um, you know. I try not to to give too much because you know I don't know all the specifics about the question, but uh, but there's a chapter in the book called Two Halves Don't Make a Whole," and and it deals with some things that you have to have uh, usually before you get married, but uh, but there's also a chapter called "Ghosts of the Past" that helps you to deal with things that have taken place in the ba- in the past. I strongly encourage you know maybe you guys read this book together. You know, and be open and vulnerable and transparent. And I believe that that there may be a powerful healing and a, a restoration coming to your marriage as you do. I love that. And it was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you when you told me that you wouldn't mind being a guest on the podcast to talk about wholeness. And part of the reason why I wanted you to come on is because I get so many questions about, you know, just relationships and wholeness 
And one of the things that I see constantly is that when the woman tells me her story, she's usually in relationship with a man who has evident brokenness. And that brokenness comes out through infidelity, through verbal abuse, even through physical abuse. And yet she feels like, I'm completely whole. What can I do to help awaken him? Is it possible to be whole and in a relationship with a broken person? (laughs) Or is the fact that you're in a broken relationship a reflection of your own brokenness? Yeah, and I believe it's the latter. You know, I try not to generalize, but but you attract who you are, and I don't mean that to be uh, insensitive or to put you down. But there is, uh, if you have attracted a broken person, more than likely there's some part of you, something that again can be operating in your blind spot that somehow connected with that person. You know, I believe that when a person is whole, their standards are high. Mm. They're not critical. They're not judgmental, but they are whole and complete all by themselves. You know, you hear people say, you complete me. And, uh, and and although that's cute and that's a nice thing to write in the card, if another person completes you, that means that you by yourself are half a person. Yeah. And, and that's not true. And so, so I would say, you know, and I've, I've heard you talk about this a lot, you know, honey, you know, search yourself yeah. and see what broken part of you is connected to that broken part of him. You know, and uh, it's just important. I believe, you know, that chapter in that that book is called Two Halves Don't Make a Whole. You know, and when you can say, I'm good all by myself, like, I, I, you know, and and it's not from a proud place. I'm good all by myself. That's not what I'm talking about because brokenness would make you say that. Brokenness would make you proud. But to say, you know, I'm good. And as a result, I'm good. My standards are high and I need somebody to match me. Yeah. And, and I'll be by my, me and my whole self and Jesus and purpose and destiny will be good all by our, my, ourselves until there's someone who matches me so that these two holes can make a whole marriage. Did I match you? Beyond. Oh, yeah. Beyond. You matching me now. Oh. You matching me now. Oh, I have a, I have a question for you. Mm. Okay, so we are two Sorry. people who... Um, you know, entered our relationship with a level of wholeness, right? We were both at that place where, you know, we felt completely whole by ourselves. We were completely just content and fine with it being ourselves, our purpose in Jesus, right? But when we got married, it revealed areas of brokenness. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you deal with relationships revealing areas of brokenness that are meant to help you heal, but in the moment can make you feel shame or defensive, et cetera, et cetera? I think if it's a if it's if it's a relationship that that God has brought two people in, as was ours, it was evident from the very beginning, then I think that there is grace to heal each other in the in the context of the relationship, mm. right? Uh, but in order for that to happen, an environment has to be created where we're like, hey, you know, these issues are coming up, but but baby, we love each other, you know? And, uh, you know, with, with, with you, it was very important for me to create an environment where you felt uh, safe sharing your brokenness. You know, we're on the same page, we're on the same team, none of us are perfect, so, so, you know, we've already got worked out that we're going to be together. You know, we ain't, ain't no leaving jumping off. And so so now, you know, for me, it was, it was, you know, I wanted you to feel like you can come and talk to me about anything and, and, and vice versa. So I think it's all about environment. Brokenness is going to come up. The last thing you want to do is when your partner, your spouse shares something with you, you turn around and use it against them. That is like the word. We're on the same team. We're not fighting against each other. We're fighting for each other. So that inevitably is going to happen. You know, you have two whole people. That just means that you're at a level of whole. That means that you're whole enough to get married. You're whole enough to be in this relationship. But but even the relationship itself is designed to bring both of your individual wholenesses to another level. And I know we've experienced that in our relationship. I think that's even more reason why you have to be whole when you enter into a relationship, because I think even toxic relationships reveal insecurities. So you have to be sure that you are in a whole relationship because, like I said, the relationship is going to reveal an insecurity. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a relationship with another whole person, another person who is grounded in God, then that revealing of the insecurity does not have to produce more insecurities Mm -hmm. when it can actually produce healing. Absolutely. 
I think that like one of the things, like if I could give anybody any dating advice, you know, any wholeness dating tips, you know, I think that for me, like what I would give my, you know, sisters who are in the single uh, life and are interested in being in relationships, because some people are in the single life and not interested in being in relationships, Mm -hmm. which is totally powerful and totally fine. But I do think that if you are single and looking to be in a relationship, that one of the things that was really helpful for me when I was single was like, I knew for sure that I wanted to be in relationship with somebody who knew the Lord. Like, and I'm not saying like, you know, I didn't feel like I was no big old holy roller like when I was single, but I knew that I did not want to be the person who was convicting you. I didn't want to be the person that was telling you where boundaries were. I wanted you to have enough relationship with God that if I said nothing at all, when you closed your eyes and got ready to hit the pillow, that the Holy Spirit will be tapping you on your shoulder like, hold up, player. That thing that you said earlier (laughs) was not lit. And that has been so true in our marriage. Like there are times where I don't have to say anything at all and God will do something that just helps you to see like, you know, that I was sensitive about something you said. So like, do you have a wholeness dating tip that you would give? <laughs> a wholeness dating tip? Yes. I've got five. Child? I've got five okay. dating tips. <laughs> um, don't date. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, I think that, um, you know, in, in the book I talk about, you know, the, the five must-haves before you get married. Um, so I kind of take it through the whole process. And, you know, of course, the video Five Keys to Identifying Your Soulmate went viral, viral, three million views. But I think the first thing you have to have is chemistry. Okay. That's important. What is chemistry? Chemistry is kind of like magic. There's something happening uh, between the two of you that's bigger than you. But you can't stop with chemistry because, you know, you can have chemistry based on physical attraction. You you intellectually stimulated by the same things. That could be chemistry. And you can have that with 175 people. So you have to move past chemistry. And from chemistry, you have to have connection. Connection is is something is happening between the two of you that is drawing the two of you together, right? That's connection. But you can't stop there because you have to qualify what's drawing you, right? And so the third step is wholeness. I got to be whole so that I can qualify that connection because sometimes brokenness will draw two people together, right? Codependency does a phenomenal job masquerading as love. And so you have to get to the fourth thing. And the fourth thing is divine confirmation. I truly believe that the person that God has for you, the person you should be investing your time dating, there should be a sign, some signs from heaven that that affirm it, not signs that you make up. You can't say, if I see two birds flying together today, we're together. That's that's not real. I mean, something that's really, really from heaven. And then the fifth thing is a, is a sense of purpose. I can't commit myself to you unless I know my purpose. Uh, because I would hate to connect, commit to you and then discover my purpose later and realize that my purpose disqualifies this relationship uh, and that our relationship should have purpose. So I think if you have those five things, you're ready to really take the relationship to the next step. Okay, so I just have one more question about wholeness. And so I get this um, as people are like reading our, you know, books and listening to our messages. They're like, you know, I'm on this journey to wholeness, you know, but I live with my parents and they're not whole or I'm in a relationship. My husband is, you know, got issues and struggles. Like, how do you maintain wholeness when you live in a broken world? Well, wholeness happens on the inside. And so that's the beauty of it. Wholeness is not an outside thing. It's an inside thing. And so you have to, it's an inside job. So you have to you have to find uh, environments that stimulate that sometimes even in the midst of crazy environments. You know, uh, it's all about your inside. Now, when you are in, you know, crazy family environments or crazy work environments, yes, it can be much more difficult. But sometimes it just gives you what I like to call spiritual material to exercise your wholeness on. You know, I uh, you know, when I when I'm faced with a situation that brings out my brokenness, you know, um, jealousy or or something, you know, you, somebody get blessed the way you want to get blessed. I kind of like that because it it pulls up. Oh wait, you're broken over there. It's something, you know, um, when you're never confronted confronted with situations that that challenge you to rise up, you can't grow. And so I, I kind of like being in situations that challenge me because it gives me an opportunity to be whole and to ultimately be more like Jesus. Well, you are very much like Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
A little bit. I love you. I love you, baby. I'm so proud of you and wholeness and what it's going to do for so many people. And I am so glad that you decided to be a guest, my very first mm-hmm. guest on my podcast. Come on, somebody. Um, before we close out the show, babe, so we like to like give a snack, right? Mm. And so uh, I think this is, uh, I was sharing this with you a little bit earlier. And let me just see what our Facebook audience is saying before we move on to our snack. Let's see. Christina Hendricks says, and nobody can fill the void except a relationship of the creation with the creator. Yes. Totally. Kilani is here for the wholeness dating tips because <laughs> people are trying to be whole and be matched up with somebody who is whole as well. Mm. Let's see. Shar is just sending us love from Zimbabwe. Mm, blessings. Five keys to identifying your soulmate. If you guys have not seen that video, first of all, you need wholeness as the companion book. And then you need to go to YouTube and watch that video. There are literally millions of views on that video. And wholeness has all of the tips and all of the notes that you need to have written on your heart as you continue to seek wholeness in your dating relationships. Seems like we are getting a lot of love from our Facebook audience. Ray Bryant says she loves our love. Love you right back. (laughs) Yeah. Love you right back. You know, I think what's like so incredible about the way God brought us together is like there were so many dimensions of who you are and who we would be together that weren't known to us when we fell in love. We just fell in love with one another how we were. Absolutely. I always tell people, like, I think that we end up in relationships where we fall in love with the potential of who someone can be, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily the reality of who they are. And I loved you just as you were before wholeness (laughs) was even a thought in your mind. Remember that? Remember I told you, baby, you ain't got to be no first lady, nothing like that. Just, Just be my wife. You did. I meant it, too. Actually, you know what? I forgot. I should have been Rescue Eve because you know my little red outfit uh, needed some <laughs> some I rescue. Liked it. I liked it. But I had to be reminded my base that I ain't had to be no first lady. But I'm is one. I'm a proud one. You're an incredible one. But I do it my own way. Amen. Okay, so here's my snack, okay? And then we will be closing out the show. I'm going to ask you to pray, baby. But my snack. So you know your girl opened up the Woman Evolve store. And I only had three things because I just wanted to get a feel for what it would be like to have orders come in, fulfillment, trying to get an idea of the things that you all would like to wear, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so I thought about everything. At least I thought about everything. I had the inventory. I had the website set up. I had my label maker. I had everything set and ready to go. What I did not think about was exactly how organized the clothes would have to be in order for me to have a seamless process, that I wouldn't be able to just pull a a large out of the shipping box that it came in and then put it in a separate box to actually go to whoever ordered it. It wasn't until the first day where I received almost 100 orders that I realized what I really needed to do was have a system set in place that had, you know, shelves and racks and dividers and the weighing system. And it dawned on me that there is no way I would have known that until I got into it. So what is my snack? My snack is that there are some lessons that you will not learn until you're actually in the process. And that's okay. Sometimes we don't want to start our missions. We don't want to start our organizations until we feel like we have a full comprehensive plan. Plan all you want. Get it all together. But the reality is that there are still going to be surprises along the way. And those surprises are not meant to disarm you or discourage you. Instead, they're meant to help you become better, smarter, and wiser. And so I got my whole little store together. Yes, you do. My warehouse is a part of our home, but it was also an incredible learning opportunity for me. So what am I saying to you, whoever you are and whatever is in your heart to do? I'm telling you to not be afraid to get started because getting started is just the first step. And once you're started, you will continue to learn and grow and become better. So don't let the fact that you are just a beginner keep you from starting at all. Because experts have to start at some stage. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. What do you think about that snack, baby? I think that was an incredible snack. And I'm proud of you. 
you you just you continue to blow me away. There, there are no limits with you. You step out of the boat on faith, and God always catches your steps and takes you higher. So I'm proud of you, baby. And that word is right on the money. I pray y'all got it. <laughs> okay, before we log off of Facebook, I just want to say, Jamie said that dress is amazing. Can it be delivered to South Africa? Jamie, when I get my life together, I am going to add international shipping. But I just wanted to make sure that I could actually follow through with what I said I could do. So give me some time. Sandina said, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. That is an excellent addition to that snack. Let's see what else they're saying. Sonita said, what about plus-size women? Will you also cater to them? Girl, I got you. Next week, I've got some great plus-size things coming out on the store. And Debbie Harris says, this is so good. Don't be afraid to get started. You'll learn along the way. It's a word. It's a word. Baby, will you pray for us before we close out? Yes. Well, God, thank you so much for this time that we've been able to spend with our friends uh, here uh, on this podcast. And uh, and Father, you want all of us to be whole. Meeting you, Jesus, is just the first step. Wholeness is what brings us into our full potential and uh, and blesses us. It breaks generational curses and releases generational blessings. Wholeness brings restoration. It brings so many things. It brings us into all that you desire for us to walk in here on earth. And we thank you and bless you. So we thank you for what has been discussed. And we just pray that these nuggets of truth would uh, rest, rule, and abide in our hearts. Bless each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you guys, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, child. This is Sarah Jakes Roberts, and if you enjoyed the nuggets from today's show, then you must head to Barnes & Noble or Amazon or wherever books are sold, Walmart, Costco, Target, get your life and get a copy of Wholeness by my husband, my man, Teray Roberts. I promise you that what you heard today is only a preview of what's inside of this incredible book. Get yours today. 